Hey, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your three-time, three-time, three-time host, Marcus Stewart, and I've got a full house today. First and foremost, I've got the more time, more time, more time co-host, the king of the Hilliard, Kyle Hilliard. How you doing? I think that's the first time in my life that someone has said that, king of king of the Hilliard. I'll take it. I like it. Awesome. Well, you have to live with that now. I have to live with <laughs> that now. That's right. Also joining us is the multiple time, multiple time, multiple time co-host, Charles Don't Break My Heart. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I'm 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 really excited to see how you keep this up for you've 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 established a pattern now. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen with uh, Blake. Well, you know what? Well, let's keep the train alert. running cuz yeah. Well, it's okay cuz we've got the sometime sometime <laughs> sometime other co-host Blake Hester Skelter. Bro, what? <laughs> kind of Skelter? So, it kind of sounds like Hulter Hester Skelter. Skelter? Blake, yeah. You can't do that. You can't you can't do that. Like I, I know the etymology of that is a Beatles song, but it is far too synonymous with Charles Manson for you to call me Helter Skelter at this point. I would say I, I know what you're saying. Right. But I, I think if we polled the world, I bet you're it's out of the Beatles song you're you think literally, of Charles Manson. You are no one has The Beatles are more famous than No Charles one has Man, been Manson. more incorrect than you in this moment, Marcus. <laughs> the most famous I honestly one of the most famous crime books of all time <laughs> is called Helter Skelter about Charles Manson. And one of the most famous songs of all time is Helter Skelter by no, the Beatles. No, 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 no. That's not even in the E tier of famous Beatles songs. We mm. only know it because of Charles Manson, though it is one of the Beatles' better songs, if you ask me. But I don't really F with the Beatles. Well, you know what, listeners? Let us know if you identify more with one of the greatest rock bands <laughs> of all time or a horrible murderer who is <laughs> published a book. Well, I think technically he did mur- murder. was a decent musician, and, I guess. <laughs> no, I think famously he was a horrible musician. That was the th- whole thing about him was he was a terrible musician. I mean, of all the terrible things he did, musician's the least offensive. <laughs> 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 did y'all ever see? Hey, I like it. Ka- this is probably something <laughs> only Kyle might have seen. Did you ever see Tim Armstrong's uh, Claymation Charles Manson movie? Well, Tim Armstrong no. produced it. I don't think he directed it, but the cast was like all the dudes from AFI and Good Charlotte and Green Day, and it was a musical claymation about the Charles Manson murders. Definitely have not seen that. At first, I was like, this kind of sounds familiar, but ne- as the further you went down your paragraph of words, I was like, this, I do not know what this is. It's, it's called, <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say about it, then I'll shut up. It's called Live Freaky, Die Freaky. It's got a pretty good soundtrack because it's a musical, and it's just like all those old, like, uh, mall punk dudes singing songs uh but definitely one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> just uh so just... run don't walk live freaky die freaky yeah it? dude Let's, um find it on streaming made eleven thousand dollars at the box office there's a song oh by God. with uh wow. one of the one of the ladies from the go-go's that's really good i can't remember the name of it though i'll look it up while we're doing other things <laughs> i'm just glad yeah. i didn't get introduced as charles manson hart <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, no, we I would like have, we would have to... just totally bypassed that, Charles, unless you <laughs> now you brought it up. We never would have. Yeah, you really have to. Well, it's you never messed up pretty bad yeah. for that. Oh, the creepy crawl song. That's the one. That song is so good, dude. Um, right. Shouts out to Tim Armstrong, I guess, friend of the show. We're already off to an unhinged start, <laughs> folks. But, you know, you can't blame us because I think all of us here are pretty tired. We're coming off of a very eventful, very busy weekend watching uh, roughly 27 different video game showcases, I think was the count that I got. Uh, we, we wrote up a bunch of news stories. We We were delighted we were disappointed we were enthralled we were let down we were we felt everything right we, we felt yeah. every every emotion on the spectrum was touched in some way <laughs> throughout all of these showcases and that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode is just going over everything that happened and just giving our thoughts just recapping talking about the things that made us the happiest uh, i was gonna say where did we leave off marcus did we talk about we talked about playstation last week and we talked about Summer Games Fest, you and I, okay, uh, specifically the, the Jeff Keighley event. So we, we've we covered that. Uh, but, you know, Blake and Charles, feel free to uh, shout out anything from there that maybe stood out to you that, you know, we haven't heard your thoughts on. But we're going to be talking about the uh, probably the big one is the Microsoft Xbox Showcase slash Starfield Direct that was attached to it. Right. Uh, there was also stuff like the PC Gaming Show. There was... The future game show there was the wholesome games direct there was uh god it's the day future. of the devs yes yeah, yeah. another good one yeah yeah capcom can, uh and then ubisoft right yeah uh no shortage of uh live streams sharing uh new video games uh first and foremost how are you guys feeling you know i mean we technically have more showcases to come more publisher specific like we have a uh, rgg has one coming up we have a grasshopper announced recently. They were doing one for the first time. And then uh, at the tail end of the month, the one that I'm probably most excited for in terms of the ones that are left is the Annapurna showcase. That's on the 29th. But I'd say that even with those, we're pretty much out of summer games fest, sort of like blast radius, like proper mm-hmm. now. So now that we're clear of that, overall, what are you guys feeling? Do you feel good about what you've seen? Were there, uh, what were your favorite showcases like just in general how, how are you feeling in this uh this year's video game christmas as it's been called known as well it does feel like christmas is back after being gone for a while a couple years there it it's not called e3 e3 did not occur but it felt like e3 to me it felt closer to e3 than it has in a long time which made me happy honestly i like that season of of game stuff it's always exciting yeah, I think it was exciting. I think it was an interesting vibe this year because I don't know, maybe this is just my own perception of it, but I feel like so much of the stuff we heard about this year is so far out. Like there's not a lot. I remember like the Xbox showcase specifically, it was like a lot of 2024, a lot of like distant things. Um, I don't feel like the back end of the year was filled in a ton. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that was like a bad thing because I feel like we already have so many good games coming this year, but it was a it felt a lot more like in the distance, in the future. Not not like release dates, but like release years type of thing. Yeah. You know, for the Microsoft one specifically, maybe it's telling that they didn't do what they did last year where they were like, hey, this batch of games we're showing, it's all coming out within the next calendar year. Yeah. They'll never make that uh, mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> 
because uh, that fell apart real quick. Uh, Blake, what about you? Uh, I, there are like plenty of games I'm excited about. I think in general, these kind of shows just like do little for me, you know, like not to be a party pooper. I just like the older I get and the longer I've worked as someone covering these, these like unchecked kind of hype reels, like just are very like cynical to me you know and it doesn't mean i don't leave like seeing like oh i'm excited for like five games out of that thing i just don't really like the delivery of them where it's just like hey some suit is going to talk at you talk to you for an hour about how starfield's the most important game ever made and it's like that that's a pretty that's a pretty real quote and it's like your game's not out dude it could suck dog crap you know it's like so i think like I always have that kind of cynicism in the back of my brain when I'm watching these things. It's like, uh, you know, it's just like the Super Bowl for a week in video game yeah, terms. You, you but that said, gotta filter, you got to filter the hyperbole. Right, right, right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. That said, as I was looking back through the announcements, I was like, oh, man, there's actually like way more that I'm excited for than I initially thought. Like I had forgot about some of the announcements. And I tell you what, gamers eating good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my biggest takeaway maybe for this year was that I – ultimately didn't miss e3 yeah yeah right you know it wasn't like oh it feels like this gaping void of the summer I, if only e3 was here it was kind of like honestly i kind of forgot about it until occasionally people brought it up of like here's all the non-e3 you know news or whatever and i was like oh yeah i guess this was this was the time formerly known as the electronic entertainment expo i mean that yeah, that's just... the big thing i miss is having an umbrella to just refer to it yeah, because like right. there was a, there was I was writing a headline or something or a tweet or for Game Informer where I was just like our favorite game of the last week. I don't know what to call yeah, it. Yeah. It's not Summer Game Fest <laughs> after a certain point. It's not fair to refer to everything as Summer Game Fest, but well, but in some ways it does feel nicer that it's like a little more truncated, you know. In like years past, like there was really even for the home team you know, that wasn't at the event. It always felt like there was no off button for it. It's just like, I remember being an intern and be like at Game Informer and we were covering that for the home team. And it'd be like, you write all the news and then you're just kind of around all day to help out. And with this one, it'd be like, all right, so the Xbox event is done. Sucks to be in LA for everyone has to keep working. Sorry about your luck, but I'm going to go live my life now. And I did kind of enjoy that it was a little more segmented in that way to give some breaks, you know? But that's like yeah. how sausage is made type stuff. That doesn't affect the audience. It kind of lets you... It's weird. Like, it's... I honestly am forgetting the last time I got to watch any of these as just like a yeah. normal citizen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like... I, I wonder if it's like easier now to sort of like pick and choose the things you want to watch because everything's so divided. Like, oh, this is a publisher specific show, yeah, or a console specific. Whereas like E three was all for the most part, like you know there were still the individual press conferences, but there aren't as many. There was less than there are now. <laughs> so does it make it easier to sort of filter like, well, yeah, I don't really care about RGG, so I'm not going to watch that, or I don't like indie games, so I'm not going to watch wholesome or, or whatever. Like you maybe, can kind of like maybe I don't need to tune in for Capcom. You know, who knows? <laughs> Despite what they told me. No way of uh, knowing. As, out, look, as I've, I said before recording, that was the best one of the week because I didn't have to write anything. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Passive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Capcom, I mean, we're just real quick. We're just going to say the Capcom thing was a bust. And I think we we're all in agreement there. And maybe that's the dark side of this sort of like 
a la carte approach to showcases of like everyone has to do one where maybe there's a mentality like well everyone else is doing one we have to do one too because suda 51's doing one now where's ours and it's like if you don't have anything real to show like hey capcom maybe you just just tweet out that pragmata trailer pragmata trailer you know (laughs) maybe that's all we need heartbreaking (laughs) like geared to make you disappointed like honestly that was the most exciting yes, news and exciting yeah. is in quotations <laughs> you know also marcus uh alucard is a uh, konami not capcom thank you oh you're right thank you um <laughs> I, going into that capcom showcase i was like to be honest i know it's kind of unpopular but the only franchise i really care about capcom wise is ace attorney and i, hey. I got i got everything uh, uh shu takumi i think is his name you directed ace attorney to this port that's coming that's great and i get all these apollo justice games on my switch like that yeah. was literally all i wanted but that was all <laughs> that really happened so right after a bunch of us bought them on the 3ds store before they shut that thing down they were like hey we're gonna remaster these for you in one bundle and like that would have been nice to know a few months ago but <laughs> you know but to, to circle back to maybe uh, a more positive edge like uh, i think xbox really surprised me like i was like I was like, there's a lot of cool stuff here. I didn't expect this to be so, like, uh, I don't know, full of interesting stuff. I, I, I Xbox ended up being one of my, probably my favorite one. Yeah. yeah. So, there was a lot of that uh, world premiere voiceover in uh, the Xbox one, which was exciting. There was, yeah, they, this was the one where, even though a lot of those games are, like, a year out, pretty much, at the minimum, it was kind of nice to hear from some of their, you know, development studios, like, oh, what is this is what compulsion's been up to this whole time and hey fable's back and, yeah. and all that fable exists like, like that was like the big thing for me it's like yeah we're still working on fable we hey, promise here's proof i've never played a fable game but that fable trailer was really good i was yeah, really yeah, into that funny. i was i was stoked i don't know who that guy was that everyone was stoked about but he was funny as heck. richard iota yeah he's he's yeah. a famous like he's very he's one of those comedians that despite being very funny has never really broken out of great britain yeah like he's been in a couple of american films but like they're always like weird flops that have nothing to do with him you know he's just yeah. like guys i'm trying to be in some american entertainment <laughs> but it's just not working i don't know what to tell you yeah but i mean he's always really funny he has to follow the tried and true method of like if you want to be a, a small-time british actor and making it in the western market you gotta play a superhero yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right uh, just it so maybe he can be i don't know Static Shock. And he did some voice work in some Pixar movies. But, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be Static Shock. <laughs> you know? You don't want a nerdy no, British guy no, with an easily voice to be Static Shock? Hold on. A dozen people told me about Hold on now. <laughs> I've seen something he's done. He directed the music video for Vampire Weekend for their Oxford Comma song. I've seen that music video. That's a there good thing. Go. Yeah, know? he directed yeah. Uh, no, a movie called Submarine, I think, that was well-liked as well. I yeah. didn't see it. But, he also did... Is he- he also did Heads Will Roll by Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. This dude's prolific. Oh, that's a cool video. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is he in Fable or is he just for that trailer? Like, did they say like, oh, he's in the game as a character? Be or was so that just a celebrity thing for that? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was all, I, my assumption is that it's like in game. Like maybe that's not a cut scene, but I, yeah. I imagine that's what the game will look like. I don't think that was pre-rendered. Maybe like the, the shots of him as the giant, like chasing, you know, the player character looked like it could almost be gameplay. But uh yeah, I don't know. I think he maybe I would imagine he 
is one of many characters that appears and you know it's not like you're talking to him all the time but maybe you have some quests related to him or yeah. something which which would be cool it okay. also had like actually good comedic writing for a video game it wasn't like funny for a video game it was like this is genuinely good writing like that was shocking for me yeah. like to be like wow this feels like someone who has a uh, experience writing humor not has just been thrown <laughs> into it hey maybe richard iota is a writer on it we don't know yet oh that would be interesting yeah i wonder that'd be like fable's just his game this is this is yeah, his platform. i'll take it's it please yeah, yeah. what i'm waiting for yeah. uh wait since we're on fable this uh brings up our our wager oh, that right. we made a couple of weeks ago uh blake you weren't there but uh the three of us we uh had a little bet where we made predictions for uh all these showcases about what would appear and we had the stipulation where the loser will have to on this very podcast perform one of charles's lunchtime songs <laughs> <laughs> that rules <laughs> and Kyle, I believe you've tallied the results. Yeah, I mean, we could we can go through them pretty quickly, actually. Like, if we want to, let's see. I'm trying to look through. I'll, okay, I'll, okay. Let's we'll do Charles's first. So, okay, uh, trailer for a new Fortnite season, Transformers. That happened, but that was like, <sighs> come on, man, that was like, that was like <laughs> okay. In, you get, in you my get defense, half a point. I think that was like one of my first or second guesses. I didn't know how like you know fun it was gonna be or i thought you guys would guess better stuff i guess (laughs) give them the point uh you you guys would play it safer so we had a celebrity appearance uh and charles you put your coin your money down on idris elba but it ended up being uh nicholas cage and keanu reeves so (laughs) yeah yeah uh lizzo performs on just dance stage that was i like that one that was really shooting for the stars it did not happen uh avowed gameplay trailer we saw wow. that, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like two, two out of was that four, mm-hmm. basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then Marcus, you will see Fable again, uh, which we did. Which, to be fair, I had on my list, but I took off when you, I took off my list when you elected to to make that your first prediction. Uh, Blake, you had a question. Question. No, for the no, boss. I'm just counting. Oh, you're just counting. Thank you. Uh, Tekken Eight release date. Ooh, we did rough. not get mm-hmm. right. Rough, no, rough, rough. we got a we got a beta announcement, but not a release date. November tenth was you, we we really went that all was in. Point. <laughs> that yeah, was a bonus. Yeah, we were like, really yeah, that in. that was a bonus point. It wasn't going to count. <laughs> uh, Skull and Bones release date, and then bonus point. It was going to be available now, which we did not get. That we got a we got a, a upcoming got a beta. beta. Yeah. Honestly, I would got the the least likely thing of having a whole song and dance about that game. <laughs> I know. Why didn't you just saying, that? hey, it's coming out? Uh, and then your last one was uh, Ken Levine at Summer Game Fest showing Judas. And we got no Judas whatsoever. That Thank was, God. Uh, yeah. All right. So, and then here's... So, one point for me. One point for you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Charles's Hail Mary was Super Mario Odyssey 2. Marcus, your Hail Mary was Metroid Prime 4, which those were very much yeah. like they, they were Nintendo related, which, you know, we. Yeah, didn't it was really predicated on the idea that Nintendo, which they could still do, they, could they still would announce a, yeah. a Summer Direct. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, me, which, spoiler alert, I don't, I didn't get any. <laughs> so I think I'm the loser here. Uh, Hazelight announcement, uh, and it's another local co op game. I felt pretty good about that one. That I really thought guess. we were going to yeah. get that one. Uh, Death Stranding 2 gets an official title. Nope, that didn't happen. Did. 
Uh, no, it's 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 not oh, official. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. It's a sequel to the Breath of the Wild situation. Yeah. It's, it's going to be called Death Stranding too. I don't know what else it would be called. But I remember when they announced that it was so confusing because they, within one hour, they had called it three different things and none were <laughs> the actual true. name. And I was like, "What the hell are you doing, dude?" <laughs> but he's an uh, artist. You can't you can't criticize that. He's an artist. That's right. No, he knows what he's doing. He's not talking. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, he, he's, he's got a movie. That's right. <laughs> that trailer was unbelievable. That was good. <laughs> Just, uh, okay, and then Splinter Cell remake trailer with gameplay at Ubisoft. Oh, Which, again, I really thought that that was yeah. like, I yeah. thought that was a solid bet. Yeah. And then, um, what's going on with that thing? I don't know. I would have loved to have learned on Monday. Didn't they, didn't they only announce it like a year ago and they're like, it's super early? It was like two years, right? right. It was 20, wasn't it 2021? Yeah, it takes a long time to was make right video here? games. It takes a long time to I make think it was them, like you know? two years. I, I remember I was looking into it for like a potential coverage thing, and there yeah. was just – it was like a 40-minute video of all the people working on it. They're like, yeah, we're working on this game. It's going to have mechanics and characters, <laughs> and you guys are going to love it. Um, this is some concept art, and it's just like, yeah, it's like that's what Splinter Cell looks like. <laughs> Someone oh, painted Splinter Cell <laughs> for a little behind the scenes. Charles like wrote up that preview, and uh, which I had assigned to him, and then we were looking over it, and we're like, hold on, th- there's no sc- screenshots for this thing. Don't exist. And we had to like <laughs> cut it out of the magazine because I'm so sorry, Charles. But no, I thought there fine. were at least screenshots. I was so new. I was like, man, I don't think this is worth a preview, but I'll <laughs> write up this this yeah. thing. <laughs> It's like Splinter Cell we remake put, we will feature put... characters and mechanics coming sometime in the future. Coming eventually. Should have put screenshots from the original with a disclaimer that says not, not the remake. <laughs> Charles, don't feel bad. I've been here almost three years, and I think that all the time. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. All right. So, and then my it's last not one it's not true. was uh, Final Fantasy Remake is coming to Xbox. And it was going to be a right now on Game Pass thing, which again, I, I again, these were all ones I felt like pretty good about, but we, but we did, we got a trailer for Rebirth, which I was, I did not think we would were going to get that. So, and then my hail mary was details on Tears of the Kingdom DLC. So, I got, I'm zero. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So I, I, I will be on vacation next week, but the following week, um pending any issues for me not being on the podcast i'll i'll prepare a song uh based on uh, one of Charles's well one now does charles pick the song i was gonna say the conditions are the, the winner picks the song that the loser has to say oh okay so oh. i think you're the winner then charles because you got mm-hmm. two and marcus got one so yes. you have to pick the song for me uh-huh. to sing how fitting uh, do should i announce it now because i'm pretty sure i know exactly which song i want you to sing I've, i mean I've if you know go for it this. all right yeah I I would think it would be really funny if you would sing my Escape the City parody from Sonic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if I know that song. I guess I got Okay, we can do a different one. We can talk no, about no, it. No, you no, wanted, no, no. You wanted to sing Lump, and I was like, that's good. It's just really <laughs> short, and I feel like it's not really uh It doesn't feel like a it's loss, of, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not singing like a yeah. whole song, right? It's just right. Like no, verse, is it right? three minutes long? Oh, <laughs> I have I have often been like, I'll I'll do like one chorus parody and I'm like, this doesn't feel like I did the song. I don't know if I should do more, <laughs> more of the thing. Yeah, we're all and holding then... you to the fire, man. We're all. 
<laughs> yeah, no one has ever, no one has ever been like Charles. Where's your lunch song? Or like Charles, yeah, that you're gonna post one day. You're gonna be like Charles. This one doesn't. This one's not as good as the other ones. I hate. We're gonna start too. putting me messages like, man, Charles really falling off. <laughs> <laughs> when I started, every time Alex would reply and be like, "This is garbage. I, I don't, hate this so much. <laughs> I don't understand. Alex is such like a nice." It, kind man and every time he would do that it would feel so out of character for him like what the hell it's so funny it's also it's just the thing of like someone will make a pun and someone will be like that's terrible and it's like no it's pretty good i just think you're like caught off guard by like there's there's just the whole group of like every time you make some kind of pun they're like oh that's groan inducing it's like sometimes puns are actually pretty funny so maybe calm down. Maybe the you're secret, you know, it, the, it's gonna be even funnier hearing Kyle sing all of these puns and and, and you know rhymes. Uh, are you so you're gonna be spending your vacation rehearsing <laughs> this? Is what I understand, Kyle. I took the, the week off in expectation of having to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Months ago, when I put in that request. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's putting it in. He's like, I'm going to lose so bad. I'm going to say Splinter Cell is going to show up. Uh, like, I got to go practice with a choir. <laughs> and the vocal cords warmed up. Dude, it'd be so cool if you came back with like a fully ass produced song. That'd be so sick. Like, hit yeah. me up, dude. Let's collab. You just shot a music Let's video collab. while you were gone. <laughs> Do a cover. Yeah, yeah uh, dude. I could, pl- I could play Escape from the City. No problem. I mean, Kyle, you can do this any way you want to do it. I mean, we never said how you got to sing the song. As long as you sing the song, is it Sonic 2? I think it's Sonic Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that, but then I have never played that game. I just. Is that the one that goes like moving around at the speed of sound? Okay. Okay. Except except this one is looking around for something to chow. Oh, that's good. And that's a double right, pun. That's a double pun. That's a double pun because of the characters in the Sonic Adventure games, the Chows. Oh, my gosh. C-H-A-U. Oh, my gosh. C-H-A-O. Oh, C-H-A-O. Excuse me. I'm yeah. so smart, Blake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. right. It's definitely you who figured that out and not me. Yeah. The person who wrote it. Oh, yes. man. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll be writing next week. Or, you know, like I said, unless I'm like not on next week for some reason. Alrighty, well, stay tuned for that, everyone. Looking forward to it, Kyle. You're going to kill it. Break two legs, all that good stuff. And yeah, at this point, I would like for all of us to take turns going around the horn and just sort of sharing uh, a game or even just an, an announcement, even if it's not tied to a single game from whatever showcase you liked uh, that excited you the most. So I think I'll kick things off. Um, this was a brand new IP that came out of nowhere. I think this was this was the Xbox showcase. Uh Clockwork Revolution, which is by uh In Exile, who does uh the Wasteland series and, and a Bard's Tale. A series that I've never touched. I don't think I played any of their games, but I think this is gonna be my first one because when that trailer started, I was like, man, is that like a Bioshock Infinite remaster? Like remaster remaster? Cause it looks like Bioshock Infinite is basically the point. It's like a, a big uh, open world uh, third person action RPG where it's in this steam powered city. And it's got a time traveling plot where you play as this woman who accidentally finds out that the town's entire history was carefully crafted by the uh, like the, the, the villain. I think her, I forget her name. It's like Lady Ironwood. Who's like who runs the town and apparently is like the lower class and 
you know, crushing them down and oppressing them. And apparently she achieved this by just going back in time and just changing certain events so that everything worked out in her favor. So you spend the game going in a time machine and going back in time to different points to basically try to undo the things that she did. But then apparently the gameplay loop is that you're going to be jumping back and forth from past to present. And then every time you come back to the present, it has completely changed based on how you tinkered with the past. So you'll meet like new versions of characters that you're, you know, you've already met who I guess maybe they don't recognize you or maybe they were nice before, but maybe now they're mean because you did something like it's pretty much just playing with like a butterfly effect. Um, But it looks super cool. And that premise is fascinating. And yeah, this was one where I was like, my eyebrows rose. I was watching it like, Ooh, like this looks neat. Uh, This uh, trailer do anything for you guys. Or am I the only one that's like, hell yeah. Clockwork revolution. Uh, no, I shook his head and I was like, I like, I I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just not into that Bioshock stuff. Sure. Yeah. I I think it's one of those considering the developer, I think it like in trailer, it it looks kind of Bioshocky infinite. Right. But I wonder, I think, and I'm I'm making a prediction here based on very little that just, just on the, the sort of reputation of the developer, I bet the final game is going to feel pretty distinct. Now that would, yeah, hopefully. They showed, like, uh, in gameplay, like, you know, it's first person, you're using powers. It looks like, outside of shooting, like, steam-powered guns, you have, like, time powers. Like, they showed, like, a a bridge or something collapsing, and then you use, like, time powers to rewind and fix it. Like, stuff like that. Uh, So, I guess that'll be the crutch of it. I don't know. Uh, Especially because I don't know, like, Wasteland, which is probably the series they're most known for, is, like, a top-down strategy or, like, RPG, right? Those games. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is something different for them, I guess. I mean, potentially in the, the Bar's Tale games or third-person games, but it's been a while since we have one of those. <laughs> but I don't know. That thing looks that thing looks cool. Yeah, I, I think it looks interesting. Out. Yeah. Yeah, and I that does not have a release window. So. Due time is what they said. Yes. Hopefully, well, oh, I guess realized that was like, uh, maybe not a pun, but like time travel. Oh, I thought it was more oh, just like time. the era, right? That's just how they spoke. It'll release in due time. It could be. Hey, it could I be mean, I, I say that now. I just found out you can do puns two ways, and that's <laughs> crazy. It's like so, a yeah. Clockwork Revolution in Charles's head. Yeah, you're gonna have. You're gonna have. <laughs> that, was, that was one way. That wasn't. Oh, you're gonna have. You're gonna have pun with that one later. I tell you what. No. <laughs> that, that's one. That's one I'll boo because that was. Lame. <laughs> it's a fine line. All right. All right. Well, Blake, uh, we'll see if we'll boo. Whatever game is exciting you most. Nah, you, you won't. You won't. Because I'm stoked for Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his freaking name. Uh, what a mouthful. Yeah, title. definitely one of the worst names of the show. Uh, you need to erase that name, am I right? Yeah. So they announced this last year at um, the RGG Summit. That right. noticeably, Marcus, which I was at. Yeah, noticeably, Marcus, there. we were Why? not invited back this year. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's cool. Like, um, it, it seems to be like RGG Studios, Ryuga Gotoku, um, not acronymed, um, bounce back and forth at this point between two different gameplay styles. It was, um, you know, they've gone turn based with the main series, now called the Like a Dragon series, but historically the Yakuza series. And then in the Judgment games, they were keeping the brawler stuff that they had done through Yakuza 1 through 6. Judgment is in this weird place. No one's entirely sure 
if it's going to continue, it seems like maybe they're uh, setting it up to continue with a different character. But neither here nor there. This game is really cool to me because it fills in the gaps between uh, Yakuza 6 and Yakuza 7 and tells the story of what Kiryu, who was the longtime series protagonist, was up to. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, in Yakuza 6, Kiryu faked his own death. And then in Yakuza 7, he shows back up, and it's very confusing, because, like, at the end of Yakuza 6, he's like, I'm out. See you idiots later. And then he's back in Yakuza 7. So the idea of filling that back in, filling that story in, is very interesting to me. I love those games more than life itself. Without them, I would probably die. Uh, so any excuse to play more. Also, maybe a controversial take. I don't know. I prefer the brawler stuff. Like, the turn-based is fine, but I, I like the brawler stuff. So being able to be my big, lovable teddy bear Kiryu again, beating the holy hell out of half of Japan. I can't freaking wait, man. Love it. I hope that game is just Kiryu hanging out with Elvis and Tupac <laughs> and Andy Kaufman. Everyone that's ever been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he found the club where all the, the, the death fakers hang out. And then he decides, like, actually, I need to go be in this. Uh, yeah. I got to go back to Kamarocha, guys. It's, it's been real. Well, that's going to be interesting, right? Is like, where is this game going to take place? And I know they've showed uh, Sotenbori, which is, like, based on uh, a district in Osaka. But it's like, Kiryu's home base was Kamuro Kamurocho. So it's like, if he's faking his death, can he go back there? Can he show his face there right now? Can Are you going to see Majima and all these dudes? Because, like, as far as they know, as far as I remember in Yakuza 6, which came out 35 years ago, I feel like no one knew he faked his death until he was back. But, but Yakuza 7 as I've said, shines some interesting lights, holes in that theory. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where the game's going to take place. Maybe they're going to send him to Minneapolis. <laughs> so this one, this one you're more excited for than was it Infinite Wealth? It has a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. like a Dragon 8. Yeah, no. Which, just because of the combat. You just prefer the No, the, the I mean, combat. spoilers. Infinite Wealth is the next game I'm going to talk about. But <laughs> I think this game is this game is such a question mark for me that I'm more interested in it, you know, just because it's yeah, like, I want to know what the hell's going on here. Um, but circle back to me in like five minutes and we're going to talk about infinite wealth a little bit. Awesome. Uh, Charles, what about you? Yeah. Um, the game that stood out to me like days after was uh, during day of the devs, uh, the people that made chicory announced they're making a game called beastie ball. And it's like Yo. Pokemon, except the Pokemon play volleyball. Yeah. And, I was excited for it, and then I found out they put a demo out yesterday. And so then I played the oh, demo. Yeah. Um, it only took me like half an hour. It's very quick, but it kind of just explains the basics of the game. But it's really interesting. It's it's like, so there's a volleyball court, right? So there's two lanes. There's two people on either, or two beasties on either side. And you can go up towards the net or backwards farther away from the net. And if you're closer to the net, You'll deal more damage, but you also take more damage. Um, and then if you're back, then obviously you're, you're farther back. And then there's different like um, abilities you can have that like alter your position or also like will do stuff or like you can't block if you're in the back, for example. But if you're in the front, you can block. Um, and then there's also this thing of like if you knock out one of the opposing beasties, you win. But also if you score a point on them, so if they're not in one of the lanes and you hit it there, 
you also win. So there's like a mixture of like RPG mechanics of like, I'm going to do the most damage and take this guy out versus, oh, if I can move them into the right spot, I can hit the ball there. And then it doesn't matter what level they are, how much health they have, because then I get a point. And it was really Mm. cool. And it's uh, uh, it was a good good quick demo i'm excited to play the whole thing uh it's got music by lena rain who oh did celeste and she rocks and um the like first town it starts off and it's like classic like game boy pokemon first town and then like halfway in the second bar like all the modern production elements come in and i was like i don't know i can't i really can't express the the joy that came over me where it was like I, I I was gonna try to sing it just now, but that wouldn't do it justice. So you should just, you gotta lose a bet to do that. You should play it or listen to the the soundtrack, which I think is on Bandcamp. Probably she does that. Anyways, nice. yeah, Beastie Ball. Were you able to get a sense of the writing in the demo? Because I adore Chicory. Like it was in my top ten. God, two years ago now, that game time flies. Uh, and I remember playing a game and just you know like you're thinking like oh it's a fun coloring game it should be neat and then when the writing really gets going, you're like, oh, this is a much <laughs> much deeper game than I realized. And there were multiple points where the writing really got to me. Is that, Did you get a sense of any of that here? Like, I'm wondering, is this going to be like another surprise where there's more to the narrative than you might think? Well, it's definitely like, so, so far it didn't, but I think if it does, it should be later. Like, I think kind of, that's part of the appeal of Chicory too, of like, it hits you eventually, but like at the start, it's like leaning on, it's like, cutesy gameplay um this one it very much felt like a take on pokemon where so like there's their coaches instead of trainers and you're in a town and like the head coach is this old guy named red with two d's and red used to be a really great coach in the league but now he's not anymore and he looks like red from pokemon except he's got like uh, scruffy facial hair and his like belly's poking out from under his shirt. Oh, um, it's a sad red. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I didn't get like emotional beats, but it's also like um, the beasties are like have like individual personalities in a way that like it didn't happen for me. But I know if you have two beasties playing together for long enough, then they'll develop a relationship that will give them like different abilities, so they could be like rivals or besties or whatever, and then that'll do stuff. So there are times where you're like talking to them and I'm like, oh, this doesn't just feel like Pikachu saying Pika Pika. This is like my brash beastie that's making fun of this this beast. I in the locker room, my one beastie was trash talking the other team. I was like, yeah. oh, no, don't know how you can do that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm psyched for it. I need to check out that demo. I assume it's Steam Next Fest, which is a uh, thing mm. going on now. <clears throat> I need to download that. Is there like a do they have a, like a release window for that? Is that this year? Have they said it's next it's, year? Right? It's, it's technically on I have it pulled up here. So when they launched it, they technically launched a Kickstarter at the same time. Okay. Um but last I checked, right now it's like three thousand dollars short of its goal. So it's almost certainly gonna hit that. And I think it says it's just coming 2024. I don't think there's a window, but okay, yeah, cool, awesome, Beastie Ball, uh, Kyle. What about you? Yeah, I though maybe it's an obvious one, but I it surprised me because I have been just not interested in Starfield uh, up to this point. I like I don't Bethesda has always been kind of like a. I, I admire them. I understand why people like 
Skyrim, but it's just never really clicked with me, right? And that's how I felt about Starfield since announcement, where I'm like, oh yeah, no, cool, Bethesda RPGs are great. I like, I don't know if I'm really gonna play this one, but seeing the trailer and like watching a lot of gameplay of it is it's. I was surprised to find myself thinking like, oh, I, I want to play this. Like this <laughs> seems really cool. Like the uh, I think the thing that really finally like got it for me was like, okay, you can build a ship. That's cool. But then you can just sort of run around and like fight other people and take out their ship and board their ship and steal all their stuff and take their ship and like put it into your garage of ships. And I was like, that <laughs> seems cool. Just sort of running around space and picking fights with people and just taking GTA. all their stuff, just being a space pirate, you know? And I mean, it is very, you know, pie in the sky. Who knows if they'll be able to achieve what they're trying to set out to achieve. But the idea of sort of being given uh, a galaxy and kind of deciding how you want to approach it is interesting. It's something that like does No Man's Sky offers a similar promise that just never works worked for me. I like I want more of like a story with characters and things like that, which Starfield is going to have. Um, if it'll be good, we'll see. But there will at least be a carrot there to follow, as opposed to No Man's Sky, which is very self directed, which just doesn't really click for me. But for a lot, for all those reasons, and just like it looks a lot better, the gunplay looks a lot better, all those things. Starfield surprised me. Maybe it shouldn't have, but it surprised me as being one that's like, oh, I'm I'm excited for Starfield now. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I need to go back and rewatch the Starfield. Stuff. It's 45 uh, minutes, man. It's a lot. <laughs> well, I didn't really get to see enough because I, I was writing because I think I had the last announcement because I was like. Final Fantasy was like the last thing, right? Well, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, and I had to write that, so I was like heads down doing that yeah. when the Starfield direct started. So I only looked up every now and like the thing I remember most was seeing the like reference to the obsessed fan <laughs> right. from Oblivion. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, that's pretty good. Well, even, uh, even that was fun because <laughs> that, that's a, that's a trait, right? You can elect to have an obsessed fan, and then one of the other traits that I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea, is like you can choose to be a character that sends money home to your parents. And what that does is that means your parents exist and you can like go and visit them and like, you know, meet them and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, it's weird that elect selecting a trait like that adds such a substantial thing to the game. You know, <laughs> like I think that's yeah. cool. so wait, you you can't visit your parents if you don't send the money like you have to. I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess it's just the idea that like if you if you don't choose that trait, maybe you're just more of a mercenary who doesn't have contact with their family. But if you choose a trait that does have contact with their family the family has to exist and you can go visit them because it's such a free form open game. Okay. I was going to be the other trait where you're constantly asking your parents for money. Like you're going to see them to be like, guys, please can I get show up with your just... laundry and be like, Hey, uh, I need some stuff here. I think I could crash here for a night or three uh, or forever. I try to like, I feel like I try to keep my expectations in check on games, but like, I don't know. Starfield feels like one that I feel safe and being like confident that it's going to be great because Todd Howard told me it's one of the most important games ever made. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was really confident. He was super it's a real, real thing. He gets to decide and say before his game's out. Just how that yeah, works. No, that was maybe the worst offender, Blake for like that sort of like, yeah. look, we're doing something really special here. It's like, all right guys, just show me the, like the, the mechanics. I just want to know how this thing works. There's a, there was a really good uh, Kotaku article by Ken Shepard this morning about him. Todd Howard. I think it was Todd Howard. One of those guys said it and you should go. Read he, that Todd article. Howard it's actually really good. wasn't in it a ton. He like introduced it. Yeah. And then he showed their collector's edition watch. 
and then he did the conclusion. But for the most part, it was other members of the development team, which was nice yep. to see. Alrighty, my next one is where I have a list. I'm trying to curate it. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with Star Wars Outlaws, uh, just because finally I have a Star Wars game, like a big AAA open world Star Wars game, where you don't have a lightsaber and you're not a Jedi. I know that's like the main appeal and fantasy of Star Wars games, and that's great. But, like, I'm at the point, and I have been at this point for a long time with Star Wars media, where it's like, I would like a story where you just, like, are literally anything else except for, like, a, a Force user, because there's so much more out there. It's one of the reasons why I love The Mandalorian so much. Uh, and so, like, finally getting a game where you're, like, a bounty hunter, scoundrel-like character, especially after 1313 got canceled forever ago. And you're like, okay, now we're back to that, where I just give me a blaster and some, like, shady characters that i kind of have to schmooze with and you can kind of like because they're saying like oh you know you're making choices but not everything's black and white you know that kind of thing um and just give me a cool ship where i can kind of do what you like to do kyle like hey can i just go just be like a dick to people (laughs) if i want to (laughs) and also it's funny because like it's also doing a no man's sky thing where it looked like in the in the trailer that you you can just transfer seamlessly from like uh, a planet to space and just immediately get into a space fight uh which is cool but yeah it's like especially coming off of a jedi survivor which i is a game i really really liked um but like this feels refreshing because i think if it was just another like lightsaber game it'd be like oh this just looks like jedi survivor like we just got this kind of game <laughs> you know um so i think that's enough of a change to where like all right i'm cool character seems cool her i i always chuckle now at the Disneyfication of Star Wars were and granted Star Wars was doing this a bit before, but ever since Disney bought them, it's like every protagonist has to have a cute sidekick. We <laughs> need a money making merch machine, <laughs> whether it's uh Baby Yoda or BB one. And now we got what's this thing called? Nyx. Nyx it's like the, a little axolotl like, cat thing. Finger head thing. Yeah. It's cute. Um, by the way, Charles, I think you might have been the one that wrote the story, but did you call next the cutest character in Star Wars history? Uh, no, I think I called Nyx the cutest thing in the whole universe. To be <laughs> okay, <honest. laughs> I, uh, it, I'm sorry. It honestly started, and I was I don't. It's weird. I don't usually have that reaction to stuff. I'm not like a like. I don't find myself being like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I love it. And I want to stop thinking of it. <laughs> Something about Nyx is just like, uh, I really liked that it was like, you can command Nyx to do stuff. Like you see in the trailer where uh, uh, Kay is like, go grab me that gun or like go press this switch where it like is also a gameplay mechanic. But even prior to that, just seeing Nyx pick that thing up off the table with its mouth. Maybe it's because I own cats now. I don't know. I <laughs> it's a good like design. It. it is a cute design. Could I get a little Nick's hat? Can I talk? Please. Dude. <laughs> the floor is yours. Something this tra- this game, I assume, does, at least the trailer did, that I thought was so cool, was it has the cinematic black bars that movies have. And it was right. so wild that this showed up because I was just talking on, uh, sorry to plug, Something Rotten, my other podcast, Don't Tell My Boss Kyle, that I have another show where I make money. Uh, but please go listen so I make more money. Uh, we were just talking about how Hellblade does like a lot of games outside of like shot composition don't actually like borrow much from film. They'll like have like 
you know, the standard, like, rule of thirds, but beyond that, they don't do much. And Hellblade actually, like, will, like, imitate, like, a film grain or, like, lens flare or, like, dirty lenses. And I was like, that's so cool. That adds such an interesting cinematic quality to it. Anyway, we also talked about The Order 1886, which has the black bars. And I was like, more games should do that. It makes them look so good. And, like, personally, this game isn't my thing, but... I thought it looked so cool just because it had freaking black bars across the screen. I was like, that is such a smart choice to make like a game built around a historically a film franchise, like feel more cinematic. Like I loved that. I was so into it. Do you think, I mean, yeah. do you think they just did that for the, for the gameplay? Like, I hope not. Because I, uh, me too. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. When, when the order did it, which I think is also a game that imitates like film grain and pulls from like the, oh, the yeah. language of cinema <laughs> in other ways. Like I love the black bars across that whole game. I'm sure it's a nightmare to implement. Like everything is in video games, which is why we don't see it often. But like, I really hope that's a choice in this game that they make because I think it's bold. And I think it honestly just like makes playing a video game look that much more cinematic like it's just a small touch but it's why every movie for the last freaking 80 years has done it you know yeah so, I no it's it. it's cool i agree with you yeah by the way if uh, i don't think i said if a star wars outlaw is the, the ubisoft yeah. game that they've been working on this is the, the division team working on this yeah uh which they are busy because they have that other thing are they doing avatar too yeah yeah, James Cameron said they were a studio known for making worlds that are alive, and I was like, famously, they made a dead world. Yeah, like, what they are you killed New York about? And, and Washington. Yeah, like, they are most <laughs> famous for their sparse dead worlds, Mister Cameron. <laughs> Jimmy, he was he he missed those. He was too busy diving down the Mariana Trench and his little submarine when that happened. Look, objectively, the the coolest thing that dude ever did. His, was go find the Titanic. <laughs> Shit's so Yeah, sick. I'm legitimately jealous that he got to yeah, do that. So <laughs> I, I would love to do that, as terrifying as it would be. Uh, also, weird side note, I found out in this whole thing that he goes by Jim Cameron because he called himself Jim Cameron. <laughs> yeah. And that just, that made me snap my neck. of like, wait, did he mispronounce his, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've never in my life have ever yeah. heard him referred to Marcus was like, hold on, Jim I got to write this up. I got to write this up real quick. Dude. I do like the idea. It was like, <laughs> it was like a deep fake. It was like, hey, I'm Jim. I mean, uh, James Cameron. This is my real name, race and voice. Hey, James. Well, it's like, it's like when people who have worked with Robert De Niro talk about him in interviews, they refer to him as Bob. Yeah. And I'm like, get out of here with that. That's not who that guy is. <laughs> I on. know him better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it sounds like a flex of like, I know him as Bob. I knew him as Jim. Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, Mr. Beast Cameron. <laughs> God. Uh, Blake, do you want to talk about uh, Yakuza now? Yeah, they showed Ichiban. The other one? They showed Ichiban naked. What more could you need? They Next did. person. Saw his, we saw his butt. Next person. That's all I had to say. <laughs> no, I'm stoked Ichiban. about this. Uh despite like despite what i said earlier about like not being as into the combat of the turn-based games i do think like like a dragon is definitely the second best game rgg has ever made behind yakuza zero uh one of the greatest games of all time um so i'm stoked for another one i think um i think the story of yakuza 7 was so good and so mature for a video game just in like it's the way it tackled like homelessness and sex work and just like the the tried and true drama and soap opera-ness of RGG games that like I can't wait to hang out with those characters again. Um nothing really more to say about it. The name is stupid. I 
don't understand why they changed the name of their series to the West. I mean, I in the West, I understand it was to fit the Japanese name, and they're kind of getting away from Yakuza to a degree, but it's just making the names really bad. Um, like a dragon. Are you just talking about like a dragon, not the infinite wealth part of it? I'm talking about all of it. Just call it Yakuza 8. Uh, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah, at this I mean, point, the infinite but... wealth, I, I don't hate that. I think it's kind of intriguing, and, I, and it's also that weird thing that Japanese games like to do where it's like the infinity symbol. It's that number eight sideways, yeah. right? It's like a mm. it's a play on sort of the numbers and the words, but um, yeah, Yakuza Eight would be a heck of a lot cleaner. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like mean, to be fair, at the end of Yakuza Seven, I I ran the little side business so well that I basically had infinite wealth. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, true. I think they identified with my save file personally. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just typed for it. I love yeah, those. It looks cool. yeah, I love it those games funny. so much, man. And I'm sure I'll have yeah. to review this and the man who erased his name so thank god they look good because i don't want to play some bad games <laughs> yeah, it's wild how quickly ichiban has been in one game but he's already in that rare echelon no. of like video game no, characters no 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 no, assume... no 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 wait no, no 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 fake fan you fake, know what fan, I'm saying. Alert. fake <laughs> fan alert he's been in two games thank you very much wait well oh well i mean ishin doesn't count he, no he was he's talking about he was introduced in the Asia-only Yakuza Gacha game. That was where the character was first introduced. <laughs> if you're a real fan, a if you're a real oh, fan man. like me, you remember seeing the Yakuza 7 reveal trailer and be like, oh my god, there's that guy from the Gacha game. I'm a real fan, <laughs> dude. That's you know, the whole John time Gacha. I was like, did he have a cameo in 6? Nope. I never heard anything no. about that. <laughs> no, he was introduced in, oh, I don't I don't know the name of the game, but it's the mobile Gacha game that like can't come over here because of the, like, gambling i don't know it's yeah. uh how oh, do you just, know about this blake if it's I'm, asia only i'm a huge fan of rgg's <laughs> games dude. Yeah, like, like, i mean the internet exists but... like, <laughs> people always like to come at me and say i'm a fake fan but you just heard me drop that knowledge on you <laughs> yeah now people come at me and say i'm a fake yeah. fan i guess but... <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, how do we know? basically what i was trying to say is that ichiban in i guess one game that i've played the one that everyone's played uh he has gotten to the point where he is in that rare uh, standing of video game characters where the moment i see him i just get very happy because yeah. i like him so much like you see you're like hey that's my man right there what's what's he up to this time what kind of trouble he's got no clothes on oh what kind of trouble have you gotten into this he's time, in hawaii <laughs> i think right yeah yeah i'm i'm pumped for that game i i loved like a dragon so uh charles yes uh uh i thought your sentence was gonna be longer than that um yeah. are we are we talking about the sony show at all or are we just doing the oh, yeah, uh yeah. you can because you weren't here for the i was I just, we talked about that i guess all, it's actually. kind it was kind of in summer game fest too uh spider-man 2 october 20th i love those games so much that's probably my most excited thing ever i i can't ever express okay maybe not ever but <laughs> i was gonna say you just it, you put beastie ball above it <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know. We're not regular. I know. I, know. I just, I'm just kidding. I played the Beastie Ball demo like right before we did this, so I was. You weren't at work. You weren't doing your work. Uh, it is work actually. Yeah, it counts because it was it was research for this. And yeah, when I yeah when I play Max Payne two for four hours on a Tuesday, Go. it's also work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you were too busy looking up Yakuza. Gacha <laughs> yeah. yeah, go go back <laughs> to your side gacha podcast. Of Yakuza play. Gacha. Yeah, uh, something 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 run Nebula TV slash something run. You sign up, get early and ad free episodes. Anyways, Spider Man two. Um, I'm very excited. I I think I've mentioned it on here before that. My Spider-Man game growing up was Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Yes, sir. It's 
uh, not very good. As I get older, the more I'm like, man, this game was really bad, but I love playing it so much. I played it. Yeah. I played it on the Wii, where they were like, every attack has to be a motion control. Oh my god, you and, played the Wii version? Oh yeah, oh, geez, dude. I'm so and, sorry. And to web strike, you have to take the Wii remote and put it sideways, which seems like it should be so easy. I'm pretty sure on other consoles, it's always just like the triangle button or the Y button on Xbox. I I spent like an hour two hours practicing the web strike in the tutorial because my brother and I couldn't get it. Anyways, Spider-Man with the black suit was immediately, I was like, dude, this is going to be so much better than Web of Shadows. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, what a high bar. <laughs> I have a question, Charles. Uh, yeah. Because I'm also big excited for this game. I loved Miles Morales. Um, mm-hmm. How are we feeling about Yuri Lowenthal's gravelly voice, though? <laughs> oh i mean because <laughs> can i it sounds terrible people are lying to themselves and i'm <laughs> I, like i'm sorry to dog on him but i'm genuinely worried about how grading that's gonna get over 20 hours is his you life. didn't like when miles was like they got big teeth and he was like so am i <laughs> it would have been that way better so it would have been way better if he was like so am i and yeah st- <laughs> just in his normal voice <laughs> i just no. i don't like that christian bit christian bailification of voices Ooh, i don't i don't, I don't disagree with bad. you <laughs> yeah it it was a thing i remember seeing an interview about the first game the or marvel spider-man 2018 yeah where the director was saying when he was recording in his head he was like the the secret to playing spider-man is that spider-man and peter parker are two different characters but he didn't tell yuri that that was his like perception of it or that peter sees him as a character i guess and that he kind of naturally has like a spider-man voice and a peter parker voice um this one does feel like a lot more of like a choice and it does remind me of like the i don't know if it was like an 80s cartoon or 90s cartoon there's a spider-man where he has like a black suit arc and he's like just so mean i don't know i don't know how to do black you're making suit me feel Spider-Man. very old right now that you got the decades confused because i know what you're talking <laughs> it's, about it's the <laughs> you're same like, to it me wasn't that old what's the uh, difference i was gonna say that if you anyone that is old like me that has watched the like the Fox Kids '90s cartoon during the Black Suit Saga. Like, if you think this Yuri Lowenthal take is bad, like go watch the symbiote suit storyline <laughs> with like the scene where he's chasing Shocker up the bell tower and he's like screaming like Shocker, like his so like good. the performer does not like the Peter Parker actor just goes for it and it is so over the top and unintentionally hilarious. It's become a meme now on YouTube where he's like Get back here, Shocker. <laughs> you like, oh my god so like i'll take yuri lowenthal's over that at least you know what i uh i only realized the other day is the actor who plays miles morales who i think is like super good is the actor when he was like way younger who played sam in the last of us yeah i, I didn't realize that Con, until recently actually, recently yeah because yeah, then the circular sort of nature of it is the actor who plays sam in the last of us tv show was talking about how much they love Miles Morales. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, oh, what a cool. weird that's loop cool. that is. I got distracted by pulling up Spider-Man Web of Shadows gameplay <laughs> and remembering, like, I play, I played and beat this game, man. I like, I, <laughs> I forgot about this game. Did you, did you like I it? I think I did at the time. I mean, it was like a solid open-world Spider-Man game, right? Because two was great, three was middling, Ultimate was pretty good. And then I liked Web of Shadows, and then it all went kind of downhill until Insomniac yeah. took yeah. back over. I thought I the Beanox like. ones were good, the, the, like uh, the the first Beanox. Was ones. that one open world? The, 
No, it's more linear, but yeah. it was the ones uh, Shattered Dimensions. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I thought that one was pretty solid. Spider Man. Let's, let's play uh, Web of Shadows on replay, Marcus. Though. There's Sorry. no way you all have not. There's other Spider Man games we could play. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would drop <laughs> everything to sit in on a playthrough of Web of Shadows. You and me, Charles. We're going to play Web of Shadows. We did a replay in 2018 oh. of it. Kyle, you were on it. I don't, really? I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know. If that's it true. would not surprise me. Um, uh, my Spider-Man game was Spider-Man Two. Oh God, we didn't do video for replay back then. This. Oh wait, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Kyle, you were not on it. It was Surreal, yeah. Reiner, and uh, Ben Ben Reeves. Uh, mine was, was Spider-Man it. Two, which had the Distillers, one of my favorite bands, covering the Spider-Man theme song, and you could find their logo in New York. It was so in the video sick. game. Yeah, dude. I don't remember. I so love sick. Spider-Man 2. That game ruled. Love that game. Yeah. Absolutely love that game. Um, you deliver the pizzas yeah. and that just freaking Italian stereotype I don't song. The <laughs> being in there, though. That's wild. I would have been like all yeah, about dude. that. if I must have missed that somehow. Dude, I just that yeah. Years. Shouts uh, out to Brody Dahl, last... friend of the show. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about, <laughs> about Spider-Man. I like Blake's strategy <laughs> here real quick. I just want to call it. I think it's very smart, and I'm going to steal it. It's just refer to people as friend of the show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in hopes that they're like, yeah, let's come on to the show. Hell yeah. Let's Brody Dahl is famous though. Brody Dahl wants to come on the show. It'll be the first episode I host. No, they're a friend, friend of the show, show Blake. They've already friend been on, show. presumably, right? Come on, Brody. Yeah, I would love friend of the show, Toby McGuire, to <laughs> swing on in. Yeah, let's get, get, let's get the other one. Here. Let's get the modern one, the Thomas. Oh, wow. Way to just, <laughs> <laughs> just crap all we over the My, like, pers- my perception of Toby Thomas? McGuire is he's uh, not the nicest uh, person to meet in person. Uh, <laughs> have you met him? Internet rumor. Wait, I don't have any did, lines on But did he have the black suit? Because that would oh, probably that's be true. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he? Yeah. What, realistically, we could probably get like Yuri Lowenthal or the Miles Morales actor, whose name I don't. Yeah, actually I, know. I chatted. I, I saw the Miles Morales Jeter, actor I his name. At, oh, okay. at a convention. I chatted name. with Yuri for the Spider-Man cover story for a while, and I, I, I we, I had the revelation. Oh, I didn't have the revelation, but he was like, "Yeah, I played Prince, the Prince in Sands of Time," and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I love that game." I don't know if you saw, uh, he and uh, Laura Bailey hosted the Future Game Show, and Laura Bailey plays Mary Jane in those oh, yeah. Insomniac games. So, And nice. the entire like hour and a half show, they just kept making Spider-Man jokes, even though Spider-Man was not a part of that <laughs> yeah, showcase at all. But they just kept making references and puns to it, and I thought it was cute. Uh, um, yeah, his, Kyle, what's your, his, what's your next game? His name is Naji Cheater. Oh, what, oh you, you know, right, we talked Charles. about it a little bit last time, but I just want to shout it out again because um, I know Alex played it, and he was it made talking to him a little bit about it like over slack and stuff makes me even more excited about it is uh prince of persia uh the lost throne yeah. that game like was the big surprise for me from summer game fest i was like oh what a great way to kick off this show this looks amazing and then everything else i've seen about it has been great that ubisoft showed more they you know they had some gameplay and then like i said uh alex i know played it for like 20 minutes in los angeles and he uh took some gameplay footage which we have on the site now and i'm like man i just didn't think this would be like one of the things I'm most excited about after the show is like a return to 2D Prince of Persia, but hell yeah, bring it on. I believe Van Aken said it was his favorite game of the show. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. yeah. I'm so stoked. This game looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, shout out to all the dummies that are upset with that game because they're like, this isn't like the classic games. And they're like, the original Prince of Persia was a 2D side scroll. Yeah, are they talking about Sands <laughs> of Time? 
Yeah, I think it's more of an age thing or yeah. just a lack of research. I've been like, this isn't like the old school classic first Prince of Persia games ever made. Well, I saw Sands of Time trilogy. It was very funny and it made me laugh. Uh, Jordan Mechner, the original creator of, creator of Prince of Persia, who as far as I know isn't involved in this game at all, but seems to have a nice relationship with Ubisoft and, you know, doesn't likes to see where Prince of Persia is going. And he posted something along the lines of like, hey, for everyone complaining about the look of the new prince, I've put together a style sheet to, you know, Mm -hmm. dictate how the prince should look. And all all he did is he took screenshots of every iteration of the prince that has ever existed and put it into one big, like, you know, uh, like one big upload. And it was like every single one of those princes look completely different. Like it could look however you want it to look. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prince is a prince. Yeah. I mean, there's already been different versions of the prince. That he yeah, like, like dozens. I I like people, the best sort of comparison I've seen for him is people that keep saying he looks like Killmonger from Black Panther. Mm, yeah. He's like Michael B. Jordan's character. I'm like, I can get down yeah, with that. He does, he does kind of have that energy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a prince and he's like, hey, is this your king? Yeah, but let's see. Yeah, Jordan Mechner is sharing all the trailers, so he's on board. I don't know if he's involved in the development, but he's certainly happy to see it existing. For sure. Alrighty, we'll do one more round. Uh, my last game, I'm going to go way, way, way left field with this. Um, a little smaller indie thing. Uh, I I think I might be the only one that watched the Devolver Direct. I don't know if you guys checked it out. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it wasn't... It was 85% unhinged jokes and about 15% <laughs> games. <laughs> and the only... And by that, I mean, it was like four games. Yep. <laughs> and the only one that was like brand new that looked super cool was a game called Baby Steps. Oh, and it is yeah, a collaboration yeah. with Bennett Foddy of Getting Over It Ooh. fame and uh, the makers of Ape Out, which is another game that I really love. Which loved Bennett Foddy also out. worked on. Yes. Yeah. It's the, they're all together. <laughs> and it's a game where you play as like this mid-30s, like lazy guy who lives with his parents and apparently has like not left his house in some time like he just chills on his couch in his little bedroom like the trailer shows his parents arguing about like are we are we coddling him too much our 30 plus year old son that does nothing (laughs) and then he just gets inexplicably sucked into his tv and like he's wearing like a full-on like one piece like onesie pajamas and He's the idea is like, oh, now he has to explore the world for the first time. And it is billed as being a literal walking simulator where you are kind of like almost co-op style, can like each of his legs you're controlling independently. Yeah. And it's like a re- it's like a real physics-based thing where you're just trying to walk <laughs> and guide him up like mountains and all these wild different terrains, and is just supposed to tell the story of this guy that's has to like stand on his own two feet for the first time and see the world. But it, the trailer was really funny and like the premise sounds great. Again, Ape Out, especially getting over it was so goofy and also just the uh, sort of philosophical commentary around that I thought was entertaining. Uh, so this was the one thing at the Devolver thing where I was like, oh, I, I, I that looks cool. I want to play that. Uh, so yeah, I want to shout that out. That, that looks like it's going to be a pretty, pretty funny little thing. Oh, Blake. You uh, <laughs> if you like. All right. Well, look, folks. Uh, Alan Wake 2. Can't wait for it. That trailer was really boring. Um, but I want to talk about a game that wasn't at the show I was hoping would be there because it is uh, unironically one of my most anticipated games of the next year. That's right. Do, I, do we what? know what it is? 
I don't know. What do you think it is, Charles? Is it Slitterhead? It's not Slitterhead. Okay, okay. It's Infinite Nikki. Have y'all seen this oh, game? I have seen. Oh Infinite my Nikki. god, I can't is this wait. The- princess game dude uh, so it's the next in the love nikki dress up darling games not dress up darling you know the that's ones. <laughs> I, I got that conflated with my dress up darling which is a manga no it's the next in the love nikki series which i think were like mobile dress up games but they have blown it out because those games make more money than god could even count so they <laughs> have been able to blow this thing out to like a full open world 3d adventure and it looks so sick sometimes i just watch the trailers in my downtime just to like feel happy and i feel like the the more i'm gotten kind of like jaded by like honestly just like games that all kind of look and feel the same like it's like a new assassin's creed is just old assassin's creed or it's bioshock but a little different or you know like I just, like, I'm getting a little jaded by this stuff. That something like Infinite Nikki, where it's like, bro, we're just here having fun, and it's colorful, and you're just going to be this little princess who you can dress in cool dresses and run around a fairy world. I'm like, that's all I need at this point. Um, so I was really hoping, because it feels like it has a huge marketing push behind it. In Asia, they put out this, like, wild illumination level, like, short film on PlayStation's YouTube channel a few months ago. So I'm like, I keep waiting for it to show up at a big event and be like, this is the one, boys. This is it. And I'm here for it. Like, Infinite Nikki. Infinite Nikki. Look I, I this game up. I believe it's Infinity Nikki, right? Oh, Infinity Nikki. My bad. Okay, fake, I just want to double check because I, I, I pulled up a trailer because I was like, I don't know if I've looked. I've, I've been aware of this, but I don't know if I've sat yeah. down and watched a trailer. And I was like, I What's, am watching the right one, right? And it's I, called yeah, Infinity Nikki. S- sorry, okay. I'm a fake Was that fan. a missed opportunity to just call it Infinity? Oh, Infin- that would have been good. Infinity Nikki? It's, it's one of those games like Doke V where it's like, it looks like the most expensive game ever made. <laughs> and if it's yeah, e- it does, good, yeah. it might be the best game of all time. But <laughs> I have it's like, doubts. It, I don't, but I can't. It's like, I don't know if this game is ever going to be real. Yeah. I, uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah. I just, I can't freaking wait, y'all. Look up, uh, what is it? Nikki and the God of Dreams. God of Dreams is the like short, short movie they put out recently on PlayStation's channel crazy it's got 1.6 million views on the playstation japan channel which it's a lot of views these games are unbelievably big i've never played it i've never played a nikki game before like i is it just is it like a hatsuna miku situation is it like she's just like a popular character that people project mm, on and like probably i don't know i don't really know much about the expert on the panel (laughs) i just am so excited about this game can you date her yet? Does she have like? An I'm not AI interested in that. I'm not into that. No, no, no. I'm not interested in perv stuff. Okay. <laughs> you have to be a perv to go on a date. You can have a uh, totally gotta, non. Uh, kind of. Well, <laughs> in a, uh, you kind of have to be. Nikki a perv. and I are just talking about the weather. You kind of have to be a perv to go on a date. That's just how that works. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about this game. Let me be stoked about this. It looks like Breath of the Wild, but. Good. <laughs> no, I. Okay, let's. I, I don't know. I don't have anything. Wounded. I don't have anything smart to say about it. I, that was a joke, by the way. Breath of the Wild is literally like the best game ever made. Uh, it's like that Elden Ring of dress-up games, you guys. I don't have anything smart to say about it. It just like the trailer brings me a lot of joy, and I'm a pretty dour dude, and it's I keep just like charming the hell out of you. Yeah, and like I just want this game to come out, which I have my doubts it'll ever come out. But like I'm so. Stoked for it like i watched the trailer yeah. a lot <laughs> a 
lot. Yeah. I would say I'm with you. I, I've seen the trailer Blake uh, a while ago, and I was like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I see it's more from this. so sick. It is such a good trailer. And you know, it doesn't have slow electronic versions of 90s alternative songs it's just like a whimsical little fairy tale song like well wait till it gets closer to release yeah and they really yeah, ramp yeah. up the marketing cycle yeah and they're gonna have some dollar store version of like heart-shaped box played at half time <laughs> it's gonna be the somber version of like miss jackson from outcast or something or maybe a bubbly version <laughs> of heart-shaped box maybe that's what it is like a upbeat I, you know like i don't need i don't need any you don't of that. that i don't i don't want nirvana normally a happy version of something in the way i don't want nirvana normally and i super don't want nirvana covers and video game trailers oh it's too late for that uh, i know um, unfortunately but yeah infinite nikki shouts out everyone go look this game up then tweet at matt miller no he doesn't have a twitter uh email <laughs> yeah. our editor also, it's not like matt's ever been like we're not covering <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if i was like matt we need to put infinite nikki on the cover of game informer he would fire me yesterday <laughs> but if we get an if, if we get enough listeners emailing matt miller our, our emails are easily accessible uh, on our website figure them out Email Matt Miller and say, fly Blake to China to talk to Paper Games about Infinite Nikki. We can start a movement, people. Vote with your dollar. Infinity Nikki. I feel like that's really It doesn't matter what it's called. I just want to I don't know why. I'm I'm so tickled by the idea of, like, a personality trait of Matt Miller being staunchly anti-Infinity Nikki. He's staunchly. uh, Okay, I'll call out Matt Miller right now. I'll call out Matt Miller right now. He just like has a personal, just like absolutely not. Matt Miller, he doesn't uh, listen to this show. Matt Miller's never listened to this show, so we I can uh, say whatever I want to hear. He is anti-Slitterhead. This is a fact. <laughs> this is a true fact. Slitterhead is such an easy cover choice because it's like, one, people are stoked about that game. Two, it's from the creators of Silent Hill, so people just like Silent Hill so in vogue right now. We put it on the cover. Bokeh would probably say yes tomorrow if we were like, hey, we want to do a cover story. And they give us tons of access. Every time I tell Matt, he's like, funny joke, idiot. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? Dude? Verbatim. That's like, what he says. Like, we could do that cover that word tomorrow. Has never left Matt's lips. <laughs> we could do that cover tomorrow, and it would be a better choice than most other games on our cover. But what do I know? Uh, it'll be the the double feature of Slitterhead and Infinity. Yeah. Like the front the front cover is Slitterhead. If you're listening, cover. if you're listening to this show and you care about art and culture, email <laughs> Matt Miller and say, "Hey, y'all gotta cover Slitterhead and, and Infinity Nikki. Y'all gotta get on this." Anyway, I can't make it happen. Anyway, everyone, I, I unironically cannot wait for that game. I'm so stoked. I hope Brian Shea puts me on the review. I guess I could just tell him to put me on the review. <laughs> Well, Charles, like, all your bosses <laughs> are like hold these like iron fists of like it's like, dude, yeah, we'll, we'll cover just, hey. Nikki. Tell Brian you want to review something. He'll be hey, happy to hear. Here's the thing, as, as you know, I just think it's good to hold bosses accountable. I'm seizing the means of production. Fair. fair. Kyle, like you it. just wait. I'm coming for you next. Oh, I know. I listen to the podcast though, so you better look out. Oh. True. <laughs> I do like Charles, the idea. You have, of, to, you have to follow Infinity Nikki, by the way. I was, I was gonna say I like the idea <laughs> of warning. someone else getting assigned either of these games you've been extremely vocal about. <laughs> like three weeks later, it's like, yeah, so Charles has the Infinity Nikki code. He's gonna be reviewing that for us. It's just how old would be. Charles, um, I'm a, you better watch your mouth. 
In two days, I'm going to be 45 minutes from you in Louisville. So That's true. Don't, Actually, don't... it's probably, I'm a little more north than that, but, you know. You're a little more north. Anyways. So that would actually be closer because since I'm like, south I think in general because he's taller than you, too. Okay. The, the so. message here is Charles, watch your back. What's your address? <laughs> so I'm going to look up how far you are. <laughs> One sec. Let me dox myself. No, just DM it to me. Uh, okay i mean i'll give you well never mind um my game <laughs> i don't i don't feel as passionate about as infinity <laughs> nikki because i don't think that's possible um <laughs> sorry i'm a gamer i don't know what to tell you uh cocoon looked pretty cool that was also a day of the devs game um it's like a funky puzzle game where it's like worlds within worlds and you're a little bug and you're in an orb and you can jump out of that world. It, it It's hard to explain unless you've like seen the trailer. But you jump out of the orb and then that world is an orb you can pick up and like bring around and use it to solve puzzles. And I don't know, like I didn't play it. So I don't know how deep the worlds within worlds go. But they, they jumped out more times than I thought you'd be able to jump out of whatever world. So, um. It's just cool. It's kind of like if you gamify the end of Men in Black with the marbles <laughs> a little bit. That's what I keep thinking of when I see that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and it's got a uh, Play Dead, former Play Dead designer, I think, right? Which is very exciting. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, so an alien invasion is somewhere in this game. <laughs> yeah. Every, you might, everyone you might who leaves Play Dead to make a game does the alien invasion game. Yeah. Anyways, that's cool. It looks yeah, cool. That's, it does look cool. That's the end of it. I'm not gonna. I am, I'm... You don't have to email Matt Miller if you care about it. <laughs> email <laughs> Matt Miller about Infinity Nikki. If Matt Miller gets one email about that, it will be the funniest thing of the year. It would be so. We're gonna hear a, a stand up a few days. Like I'm just I'm getting all these Infinity <laughs> Nikki emails. And I don't know why. I one time I was streaming for us, and I wanted to know if Jay, my friend Jason wanted to see a movie, so I told the listener the viewers to tweet at him and ask if he wanted to see the mario movie with me and they did <laughs> that was a really funny moment for me him being like why are people tweeting at me about you about the like... so email matt miller make your voices heard folks good kyle can you can you bring us home can you wrap up this 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 truly oh. unhinged segment gosh um i you know i thought i've uh, I thought I was done. I thought I, I thought I didn't have to offer up anymore. I'll I'll, I'll throw a shout out to. Um, you only said two. Was it okay? I lost count. We got so ex- distracted by Infinity Nikki and uh, all her amazing outfits. Um, I I I want to shout out this game which uh was during Dave the Devs, uh, Hellskate. Blake, have you seen this at all? Oh, I just saw this this morning on yeah. MinMax was talking about it. It's yeah, got I one DM'd of a... you about it the second they announced it, Blake. But you were in Japan, so you probably missed it. But um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's an ocean between us. It got lost somewhere along <laughs> the way. <laughs> yeah. But it's like um, it's uh, Tony Hawk inspired to the point where like it has former Tony Hawk designers are work on it. Specifically, designers who worked on Tony Hawk's Underground. Yes, sir. And it's like it's Best like you're kind made. of sca- It's not. You're, I guess it's like a demon world. It's not specifically hell, but it's like you're skateboarding through a, a demonic world. But then you also have like melee attacks and stuff. So you're, it's like Tony Hawk gameplay in a demon, uh, a demonscape with like melee combat, which yeah. is like that's a, a weird Venn diagram that I'm very interested in getting my hands on. And I, I like the way it looks too. Hellskate, it's called, which is a good name. That's a really good name. H E L S K A T E. What a coincidence that that and what's the other one? Skate story, yeah. which is also supposed oh to be God, about dude. like skating yeah, in hell. Yeah. 
is coming out. It's the new Alien Invasion game. I want to do a big thing on Skate Story so bad. I want to go fly out and talk to that dude. But that game looks yeah. cool. Sam Ng, if you're listening, bang my line, dude. I want to talk to you. I hope they come out at the same time. We can do the the battle of like Skate Story versus Elskate. Yeah. Infamous and prototype. They don't got a battle. They, they don't got a battle. They can live harmoniously. Come on. No, that's how this works. Uh, God, I'm calling you every other Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that is how this works often. <laughs> we have to make them. One fight. has to be better than the I other know. one, and then the one that is secondary is automatically a bad game and can't just be yep. slightly less good. <laughs> it has to just be bad. That's how art criticism goes. That's how it's always been. Right. It's like how in the Olympics, it's like, oh, if you're not the gold medalist, you're trash, yeah. even though you're the second fastest person on the planet Earth. Right. <laughs> it's like, not good enough <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna do some housekeeping and you guys want to answer a few emails about uh summer game fest and all that fun stuff yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah it's a rhetorical question you had no choice uh <laughs> we'll be right back And we're back everyone and this is the housekeeping section of the show where we uh got to do a you know pay the bills do some chores all that good stuff uh pick up some paper that's on the ground you know all other metaphors for cleaning uh <laughs> first and foremost you can help us clean up our act by leaving us a review oh, on, on apple Podcasts and, and spotify it was a great great little uh, joke there uh blake and you can tell me how great it was by going in there and you know Leaving a review. Five stars would be great. Four stars would be good. Three stars would be okay. Two stars would be bad. One star would be uh, heartbreaking. But you know what? We want you to be honest. And, you know, if you're really honest, you might read it, uh, your review on the show. We have in the past. I haven't because that's just my mandate as host. <laughs> we will eventually. Uh, and, yeah, we appreciate your support, as always. Be sure to check us out on our social channels like twitch.tv slash gameinformer, where we uh, do weekly streams, including uh, our current super replay of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts that myself and Kyle Hilliard are doing every Friday. Uh, also check us out on gameinformer.com. Check out our latest cover story on Final Fantasy 16. Uh, you can play that game now, by the way. Demo's out. I haven't tried it yet, but I plan to. And also, you can purchase single issues of Game Informer now for $5.99 at GameInformer or GameStop.com front page. Hey, if you don't have a subscription to Game Informer magazine, but you still want to support the magazine and, and check out the hottest exclusive stories in gaming, go there. Pick up a Final Fantasy issue. We've also got the Dead Island issue, Resident Evil 4, Diablo 4. Some people like to get them just to hang them on their walls because we always have cool cover art. Look at the beautiful Diablo 4 cover that Charles is holding up right now if you're watching the video version. <clears throat> Look at Look, oh, look at, see, we got some excellent. I just mentioned that. That's like, so funny. I, I, I bought yeah, this. Uh... Well, you can't buy the prototype issue because that one's like over a decade no, you old, can. but it was a nice You can get cover. it for $2 at Half Price Books. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yes, uh, single issues, $5.99. Buy them at GameStop.com. They're great. Uh, check us out on social media. I am at Marcus Stewart 7 on Twitter. You can find Kyle at Kyle M. Hilliard. Charles is at ChuckDuck365. And Blake is at Metallica is Rad. Oh, I, also, I changed mine. Did you? Yeah, really? I'm at Radmir now. R A D M U R E. Okay. Well, there you go. Go there instead. Uh, 
Check out Game Informer on TikTok as well, as well as our other podcast, All Things Nintendo, starring Brian Shea. And of course, a super special shout out to the amazing editor of this podcast, Matt Storm, aka DJ Stormageddon. Check out their podcast, Fun and Games, as well as Reignite, which is their Bioware podcast. And we've got some listener emails this week, all courtesy of our Game Informer Discord, which you can join if you uh, subscribe to our uh, Twitch channel. And yeah, they're all about Summer Games Fest, guys. And this first one is from Troidal Power asking, which release dates do you already not trust? Star Wars Outlaws looks fantastic, but I don't expect to play it until 2025. Uh, for reference, that game is supposed to be coming out next year. But uh, yeah, is there any dates that you saw that you were just all like, of them. that's not happening? All of them. Starfield. Man. I, <laughs> yeah, like, I've been beating that Starfield drum for a while. Of like, it's not coming out this year. But I don't know, man. September is such a weird... Right, it is September, isn't it, I think? September 6th. Yeah, it I makes believe. me kind of feel like maybe it is going to be out this year, but I will be surprised I mean, either be. way. <laughs> it's like, you know, if it like doesn't make it, I'm like, yeah, that... Or I'd rather I won't be surprised. Better. Right. That's what I meant to say, yeah. Marcus, why'd you say it better be? Why are you threatening? I mean, no, I'm all for... <laughs> I'm all for delaying games. You know, don't release your game till don't it's ready. I only game. say that. Just don't release it. I only say that because they're in their big like marketing. Like we just showed this thing for forty five minutes. Like rah rah, here we go. September six. We swear to God, September six. So just it'd be. Yeah. I don't know if embarrassing is the word, but it's kind of like oh, after all yeah, that, it got like, delayed again. I mean, they're manufacturing so remember, watches. Like yeah, you know, like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but like remember when. Uh, Skull and Bones put their game on a video game magazine cover, and they're like, "We're definitely coming <laughs> yeah, out." Like people lie, <laughs> you know. I mean, yes, uh, things change. I get it. I'm just saying, like after all this, it feels like Starfield is ready. You know, more so than if it just was like 2023. I don't know. It's like okay. You guys- I think that game's coming out, and then it'll be ready six months after it comes out. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I mean, that's just Bethesda. No matter what, you know, <laughs> that's just. But uh, that's that's what you sign up. For. I feel like they were pretty good about either having a specific date, or saying twenty twenty four for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or and then there was like uh, Prag- Pragmata. Which was like crossed out 2023 even and put a question mark. So like they didn't even they didn't put anything. They didn't even put 2024 on that. So one. messed up, dude. Uh, yeah, I think Star- I think Star Wars. I might kind of be on that train a little bit of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm totally sold in 2024, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I feel so, yeah. like for me, it's a thing, and uh, this this isn't like a perfect indicator, but like if I f- if it feels like it's gameplay then it feels comfortable. I think something about the Star Wars one, it was such like a scripted kind of demo area that that makes it feel kind of sketchy. Um, the one I was going to say is I don't I don't know about Avowed. It said 2024. I feel like it was a very brief glimpse at the game. Not that I need it in 2024 also. I just, I feel like they would, if they had more of the game ready to show, they would have shown it. And I don't think it's ready yet. And that's fine, but... There definitely is like some pressure on Xbox right now to be like, do you have games? Do you have games coming out? You better. <laughs> I like your internet voice. voice. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> I saw I saw during the the Xbox extended showcase in the chat, someone was like, oh, so these guys are just talking about Xbox <laughs> games. They're probably paid by Xbox. Like, yeah, that's how a company works. <laughs> sound like the 
the the unfortunate smoker from like every anti-smoking commercial oh my gosh <laughs> don't vape kids who, who showed up in tokyo <laughs> who showed up in assassin's creed mirage and star wars by the way there were two very <laughs> yeah, gravelly yeah. voiced women in both of those ubisoft yeah oh my god tatooine's yep, uh, not the same as it used to be <laughs> Oh my god. Uh speaking of Microsoft, uh Jadonkadok in the Discord asks, uh, do you think Microsoft can generate enough momentum off their strong conference to change the landscape, or are they still in the doghouse after Redfall? Starfield's gonna break push it one way or the other. You know what I mean? Mm. If if Starfield mm-hmm. Oh yeah is like I mean I think we're gonna be fine with a little bit of jank with Starfield. We're not gonna like, you know throw our hands in the air and call it a disaster if there's a few issues but like if it's if it's like redfall level like that that they're that that they're gonna be in trouble <laughs> you know? yeah, it can't it can't it, be yeah. it like it already couldn't be but after redfall like that game like it has to be it, yeah, has, it has to, to be, be good be. it just it just yeah. has to be that's their big tentpole thing for the fall right yeah. like i like guess forza but you know that's not as big i agree i think uh, redfall uh, you know this i'm speaking as someone who makes fifty four thousand dollars a year i'm not a i don't work for a billion dollar arm of a trillion dollar company so what do i know <laughs> i do think redfall in the long run probably didn't mean too much for them because it's a niche studio to begin with sure, it's never yeah. sold very well now that said i agree if starfield was a repeat of those issues that would be a whole other issue for them that i think would have some pretty uh pretty big consequences on microsoft though i i think redfall like outside of publicly being like oh our bad probably didn't hurt their bottom line too much you know what i'm saying yeah but i mean there's bottom line and then there's like player perception right like yeah but like i often wonder about this it's like we are in the chamber where we hear all that and it's like most people probably were like "Eh, that kind of sucks you know but like we're just like forced to be around that conversation the people who care the most or most people probably downloaded it off game pass and we're like never heard of this oh it sucks oh well you know it didn't make them unsubscribe Right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I'm in the Phil Spencer like camp of like realism, where he was saying like, you know, even if Starfield's an 11 out of 10, it's not like people are going to be throwing away their PS5s and <laughs> a wave yeah. of Xbox purchases come in. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. We're yeah. like, and I think I agree with it even the other way with Redfall. Like, I don't think pe- a wave of people went and traded in their Xbox after yeah. Redfall was bad. Yeah. You know, it was kind of just like a. I'm angry and maybe I'll say something mean on Twitter, but I'm also going to fire up game pass right after this and keep playing and play something else, yeah. you know? Two so like hospital. it sucks and yeah, it's like a black eye, but I don't think it like shattered them. And I think that this, I think this like, cause they did have a good, like a pretty good show. It's probably better than Sony's honestly. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to move the needle that much either way. I think it's kind of, I think people are kind of entrenched in the platforms that they have. You know what I mean? At this point. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're fine, basically, ultimately. <laughs> uh, Legend of Gamer asks, anyone else disappointed that we can't be surprised anymore? Maybe I'm just showing my age coming from a time when reveals were monthly at best with magazines, but with so many leaks out there and how fast news spread, it's kind of frustrating that we know most everything that's going to be announced before it's announced. Maybe I should just stay off the internet during E3 season? Is this an old man yells at cloud moment? Uh, this is unique for us because in our position, we kind of just by default of our jobs, we find out things mm. sometimes well in advance. Yeah. I mean, this is also like runs into the the issue of like, where does press, 
where does press where is it okay for press to leak something versus not okay you know and it's like as a press member my standing and sorry to any developers who might listen to this i just think it's not my job to care about your marketing calendar and so like when something's leaked i'm not like oh i wish i would have gotten the big reveal on that it's like okay that's just a new thing on my calendar as a professional um that's also like as someone who's like it's like it, the leak some... is as surprising as the announcement right like that's yeah, yeah, right. yeah yeah like yeah, i don't i don't think i don't think it's my job to protect like the marketing beat on something be like you know like it shouldn't have been whoever shouldn't have written about this because it was going to be revealed three months later i think that's just not the role of a press member that's the role of a pr person but like i do i don't know like there's the fun of the pageantry about it you know like i remember like even though resident evil 4 was already leaked i did enjoy the surprise of actually seeing that reveal but it's like i don't feel like i like need i uh, this this like change in the sea to be like you know stop leaking everything ahead of time it's like we know movies we know marvel's entire slate of movies 10 years before they come out because marvel announces them i think like I don't really need to buy in much more to like the marketing hype of it. It's just like a game will come out when it comes out and it'll be good or bad. And how I figure out about it means little to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, leaks aren't even a guarantee that will happen. Like things get leaked that don't happen, you know, um, or it doesn't happen when it's supposedly going to happen. So, I know I, it's weird. I'll get excited about the confirmation, you know, yeah. like even the, yeah. the it, it was like, I don't know if you can even define it as a leak, but persona three remake which was accidentally posted on Atlas's Instagram account. Like someone internally at Instagram yeah, yeah. pressed a button or at Atlas pressed a button early, but it was still fun for me in a weird way to see it on the Xbox showcase. Cause it was like, all right, this is definitely a thing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't cancel it between the leak and the, and the sort of announcement. Yeah. I guess it's weird. It's like, what are you most excited about the name of something or actually seeing it? Cause it's when something's leaked, it's often like when it's leaked through like a press outlet, often like you're just reading descriptions of what the game might be and not seeing it. So it's like, I don't know. I'm not that excited about a name. I'm more excited. Of, like when I saw the persona three, trailer i was like oh now i'm seeing it i knew it was happening but this looks rad you know so, yeah I yeah know. i don't know it's, it yeah. depends there's there is definitely fun to be had like i think back oh, kind of a weird one that i think back recently is like when they released there were they revealed god of war 2018 which didn't leak there was something super fun about like knowing that we were all collectively watching something live and it was exciting to all at once all of us be like oh my god that's kratos you know so there is there's fun in that but it doesn't it, yeah it doesn't yeah i mean as far as the question from the, the the reader yeah maybe i don't know maybe you go into blackout mode uh beforehand just to not just to if you really like that sort of being part like seeing the announcement in real time like yeah you just got to try to to avoid everything up until then i guess is the best way to approach it i don't know yeah some of that has to be on you. Say one of my pet peeves these days is sort of the overuse of the word spoiler sure. and people really like not understanding what a spoiler is anymore where it's become, hey, this was like a legit, like this is the end of the movie or a plot twist and we just put it out there like a spoiler. It's like, no, a spoiler is like, I, I personally was not aware of this information. So it's a spoiler, even if it's publicly available and it is meant for everyone <laughs> to see, but because you didn't want to see it, it's a spoiler, like whoever put it up did something wrong to you yeah. <laughs> it was like this is the public trailer like this information like they put it in a press release. they're like hey 
did you know that this is what this story is? And you're like, why did you tell me that? And it's like, because it's fair game. Yeah. They want people to know. There, there are people <laughs> like, that like, like before a new Pokemon game comes out, they'll get mad if you mention or show a Pokemon that has been announced by Pokemon officially in a trailer. <laughs> Be like, oh my gosh, I wanted to discover Belly Bolt organically for myself. Uh, I'm so <laughs> mad I know he exists. Whereas like, yeah, there's a lot. Belly. It's like, if you know that's going to happen, especially if it's a pattern, like the Pokemon company, for example, always does that. Then yeah, like Kyle said, you need to just go black yeah. out. Like, <laughs> just don't don't look at it. I think this, this is like a wider conversation, but I think in general, the secretiveness around the game industry is like actively harmful to the game industry. And I like, agree. And like the, the fact that, you know, the audience is so trained on that to the point where they like, you know, don't want to know a game until like the marketing beat is ready for it. It's like indicative of just like how the game industry has also like tried to keep what development actually is so secret so that the audience now has like incorrect views on how games get made. And then they all now like voice that publicly on Twitter or use it in harassment campaigns. Like we see that with like Pokemon where it's like, you know, you just control C, control V the whole game or whatever you know like yeah, dumb shit yeah, like that yeah, that like more complicated than that. right it's so i feel <laughs> like game announcements are on their surface a more benign example of that but also like indicative of just like this ongoing this historical trend of like the game industry not wanting you know fans and players to actually know how games are made and i think that's like a big problem and i think that's something like as a press member we should actively combat because it's like when you create an industry so built on secrets then you inherently create an audience that doesn't understand the reality of games and the labor requirements. And I know I'm making a bit of a jump here, but I just think in general, like the press should combat against that, you know, having just did my first cover story and seeing the links to which like PR people would be like, you can't talk about this. I'm like, dude, you don't want me to talk about what color the carpet is on this floor. It's stupid. You know, like, <laughs> like, like we don't have to be like this, you know? So I think, I think in general, we, the press and really the consumer should push back against that. And it's been better more recently with like, yeah, it's a cause and effect yeah. thing. So I get why, you know, people get mad when they see something early and then they think that's the final game and yeah. they lob all these unfair accusations at the developer of like, oh, this is like trash. How could you do this? Like, it's not done. It, yeah. Like, it's, it's because <laughs> it's like, the, things the change, game industry man. has created that audience, I think yeah, to a large degree, because they've historically haven't been open about what games look like in development which is like i think it's really cool that ea did all that stuff around uh the dead space remake and skate 4 about like hey this is what the game looks like it might look really bad right. to you but this is how games get made i think that was really cool and you know obviously the double fine stuff and eh, sony's done it to a degree but like the raising kratos and last of us documentaries were a little more puffy but I think the more publishers push into that and do more of that, like Bokeh is doing it right now, which is really cool. Like the more the your audience will understand the reality of making games and will be more accepting of like how things got to be in games or how games get to where they are in their release states. Um, food for thought. Sure. And a good way to end this podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, Alex will be back next week. So my reign of terror is over the, the substitute teacher has to take his leave no more watching movies you guys got to get back to work doing whatever your assignment was <laughs> no more pizza and ice cream here. i gotta go eat lunch yeah let's all go eat lunch guys so hungry. let's do that so hungry. yeah and uh you know you go eat lunch too listener and uh come back next thursday for another episode of the game informer show we'll see you then bye bye <laughs>